Facing intense international pressure, South Sudan has agreed to a 4,000-member regional protection force approved last month by the United Nations Security Council. The decision by President Salva Kiir, who in August rejected more peacekeepers, came a day after the 15-member Security Council visited the capital, Juba, to press senior officials for approval of the new force. Details of Sunday's agreement were not immediately released and no timetable for the new deployment was announced. Brian Adiba is the Associate Director of Policy at the ENOUGH Project in Washington. He tells me that the new force will play an important role in protecting civilians caught in the ongoing conflict. I think it's a positive development. I think that um, left to their own devices, the uh, two protagonist factions in the uh, Sudanese, South Sudanese conflict are unable to reach a peace deal. And so the presence of an intervention force is likely to put the peace process back on track. It had uh, fallen off after um, Riek Machar exited Juba. So that's, uh, that's a positive development. However, it is very important that the UN takes into consideration the failures of the previous UN peacekeeping force in South Sudan. There's already uh, a peacekeeping force of 12,000, like you said. What difference mm-hmm. would the 4,000 regional force make? Well, the 4,000 uh, regional uh, force, that is 4,000 person regional force, is supposed to have a more robust mandate than, um, than the old UN peacekeeping force. Hopefully, though, it, it extends its uh, jurisdiction outside the capital because um, there's this presumption that uh, the peace deal can only falter in the capital. I think that when we look at how the conflict has been unfolding across the country, uh, the peace agreement is in tatters in almost every section of the country. So I hope that this new force will have the capacity to actually extend its mandate beyond Juba so that a holistic peace is realized in South Sudan. Now, the the two main protagonists, of obviously, as we know, was uh, Riek Machar, and uh, President Salva Kiir, um, Riyak Masha currently is out of the country. What can you tell us about the status of, of the peace agreement that was signed a couple of months ago? Well, the peace deal allows for, you know, uh, two separate armies, and that's the problem, actually. And so it was signed or sealed on the basis that uh, the two opposing factions would maintain the peace. And as we have seen, that has not happened. And, of course, the other thing that the peace deal stipulates is a transitional period uh, whereby, after three years, um, there will be elections uh, to elect a new government um, that is elected by the people. But most importantly, really, when you look at the peace deal, it calls for fundamental and profound reforms in the institutions of governance in South Sudan. The peace agreement itself realizes and recognizes that the, the war that broke out in December 2013 was largely brought about by the absence of uh, effective institutions of governance that would have mitigated the possibility of conflict. So the item in the peace deal that calls for a profound reform of the uh, institutions of governance is really, really the most significant aspect of their peace agreement, in my opinion. Right. Now, how hard was it for for the government in Juba to to agree to this uh, force? Well, at the beginning, it was very difficult there was apprehension about the role of the uh, of the force. The ethnic basis that forms the support base of the president was not too pleased. So there were various interests that were um, suspecting that the role of this force was actually regime change. 
And so based on that, there was a very bellicose stance that was put forth by the government and its supporters um, in the network uh, of its supporters, which uh, pronounced this resentment and opposition to the force and even saying we're going to resist it, we're going to fight it. Uh, but that, of course, did not happen. We saw that the president himself finally uh, came out in parliament and said any voices that are objecting to the presence of this force are doing so at their own, um, you know, own inclination. And it's not the position of the government. And that was a significant shift from the earlier pronouncements that were coming out of the government and its supporters. Now, there have been complaints among uh, Riek Mashar supporters uh, that they have been targeted by the government uh, on many occasions. There have many reports that have come out that accuse uh, the government of South Sudan for having committed uh, uh, human rights violations. Uh, given the mandate of this new of this force, do you see at some point a confrontation between these two forces? Mm-hmm. First, let me just go back to your question, uh, your first uh, assertion of Riek Machar's people accusing the government of uh, committing human rights abuses. I think when you look at this war, both parties are guilty of egregious human rights abuses across the country. So let me just put that on the record. Uh, none of them is, uh, is free of guilt. Uh, talking of uh, potential uh, negative reaction or confrontation with the force, this is a war zone, and it depends on how parties uh, react or interact with the with the force. Uh, obviously, if they interact in a, in a manner that would um, elicit a decisive military force, I think we can um, say with absolute certainty that a confrontation will be likely. However, as I said, it it really depends on how how it interacts with the the, the parties in the conflict. That is the government and the SPLMIO. Do you know of any reaction so far uh, from from Riek Machar's camp in regards to this uh, force? Well, Riek Machar himself has uh, premised his return to Juba upon the return of this force. He has demanded it. So um, based on that, one would say that uh, the inclination of the SPLMIO is, uh, is, uh, is amenable to the presence of these uh, 4,000 uh, troops in, uh, in Juba. Previously, back when the agreement was being drafted, uh, of course, there were various uh, um, objections to the force by both parties. But apparently right now, uh, Machar sees the force as, uh, as, a, as a means to resuscitate the, dead, uh, the almost dead agreement, I would say, uh, that it is in, uh, in the interest of, uh, of, the, um, of the SPLM IO. There's also a mistaken belief that, uh, that the, the, the role of the force would really uh, be to protect uh, you know, um, the uh, elements who are disgruntled with government. I think there's also a misperception of the role of this force among the SPLM-IO. But clearly the force is, is going to enforce peace. And every side, any side that um, objects or obstructs peace, would be liable to, uh, to, you know, to some action from this force. Brian Adiba is the Associate Director of Policy at the Enough Project in Washington, D.C.